since I moved to Sacramento two years ago. Michael, I've been here two plus, two and a half. I've opened it. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, I'm Virginia, and I took one other course here. Hi, I'm Cassidy, um, and same as Virginia, this is the second course. There's, there's 
I love the Zephyr Bichet because many people have solving problems and they happiness. And uh, this is the, probably the main basis of this class. And we'll kind of just see how things go and what resonates for people and what's useful for people. But this will probably be the, the main text. What was the name of that thing? Transforming Problems into Happiness. Catchy title. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and then uh, I'll also probably jump into um, Shanti Deva's text, the Guide to the Bodhisattva's Way of Life. Mm -hmm. So some of you may be familiar with that text. It's classic, one of the classic Buddhist texts, written by basically a Buddhist saint, um, an Indian Buddhist saint, and it's just such this amazing text. So. I'll uh, pop into that every once in a while. And then, yeah, and then maybe we'll cover the eight verses of thought transformation, which is, yeah, a beautiful text. So, all right. Maybe we'll start by just spending a few minutes meditating and setting our minds. with our spines straight. And then just follow the flow of the breath with our mind, with our attention. Allowing the mind to relax, allowing the body to relax with each exhalation.
Some problems, you know, when we encounter problems in life, right? If it's that rude person, uh, you know, relationship problems, or health issues, or traffic, or right, that person who just cut us off, or um, yeah, dealing with. beautiful teaching the other day by a mama. Um, he was talking about when we encounter difficulties, when we encounter unfavorable circumstances, there's a danger of losing the ground of our spiritual practice. It's easy to forget about our spiritual practice. Um, yeah, and, and he was saying how important it is not lose hope and also to not settle into negativity right? not settle into an angry mind or a hostile mind right? I mean anger of course arises sometimes yeah and what we do with that is important, right? I mean, we can, when anger arises, if uh, if we 
reinforce that and make that kind of you know deeper, and it becomes hostility and rage, and you know, and settle into this negative attitude, settle into. to do something constructive, right? It can be damaging to relationships, right? It just makes it difficult to communicate in a helpful way. Um, and we create more problems for ourselves. And we can create more problems for others as well. So it's really important, right, when difficulties arise, to really try to watch our mind. So there, you know, there's a certain amount of problems that are inevitable in life, right? And if we bring a negative attitude to them, then we're just creating more problems for ourselves, more unhappiness for ourselves. Yeah. So it's not useful. Yeah. So we can train our minds to use utilize problems and difficulties. train our minds to expand our hearts, right? to recognize that others are experiencing those problems as well, and even worse. We can utilize problems in a meaningful way. Yeah. Because if we don't transform our attitudes and, and see problems as useful and beneficial and helpful on a path, then they just they're just to transform our mind for a few seconds is helpful. Okay. Initially, maybe we can right, we'll rail against the problems and then we can we have this glimpse of, oh yeah, this is really useful for developing compassion for others and then we fall back into anger. But that's a seed, right? We're creating a seed. So when problems arise, like sometimes there's something that we can do to, to improve the situation, right? And so it's good, right, to try to improve the situation in a constructive
sometimes when the situation there's nothing we can do about it. Right? We can't change the external circumstance, right? They have some sort of health issue or maybe someone we love is going through a hard time and So when problems arise, when somebody cuts us off in traffic, or when there's somebody at work that's giving us a hard time, when our partner is not being very helpful or <laughs> yeah, well, that last one is, yeah, it's very terrifying. So it's useful to, to, to look at our minds and see how we react when problems arise, right? As just as a starting point, right? Not as a, something to, right, be judgmental about. whether your, your attitude is helping the situation, you know, or is it making you miserable without helping. So it's interesting to see. And so when problems arise, like whether we become unhappy Genuine happiness and lasting happiness can only come from training our minds. Because there's a there our control over external circumstances. 
only way to develop like genuine, lasting, kind of stable happiness is to train our minds. To develop kind of inner wellness, inner okayness that is not fundamentally disturbed by what's happening, right? Not deeply disturbed by what's happening. Yeah. And I notice that I'm going to work with my mind no matter what happens. So I'll explore this issue, um, this thought more in this class. But you know, I, but I was thinking, you know, I was doing a retreat recently, and I was thinking, oh, you know, I'm like, you know, I'm finally starting to get it.
Whereas if we accept the difficulties with kind of a peaceful mind, a peaceful attitude, um, not struggling too much, or even seeing them as helpful, what is the effect on our mind? <laughs> huh, I wonder if that person is needing anything, right? Maybe if you see that or something, right? I mean, no, it's really, it's almost impossible to see that, right? If we're in a rage or, you know, we're just even really annoyed, right? So, yeah. So, familiarity, we can learn to transform our attitude about problems. Um, and it's a super useful and powerful practice, right, when we can do that. We cultivate this, like this strength of mind. And this mama, I was, you know, I was just teaching the other day, and he was saying that, right, if we fall into self-pity, why me?
classic Buddhist story about right the woman who lost her her son died. She was just so overcome with grief. She and she was you know carrying her dead son around and just couldn't function. And then um, she went to see finally went to see the Buddha. Can you bring him back to life? not necessarily, right? We, we can fall into negativity, but um, yeah, that just that feeling of sorrow and that, you know, sadness, it's, it's just natural. Yeah. It can be helpful to connect. We live in a cyclic existence, or 
now, right, once I get this, now everything will be fine from now on. There's a, a kind of like this conscious or unconscious expectation that, oh, you know, when I get that promotion or when I get that house or when I get that relationship, right, now things will be smooth sailing from now on. Considerate to somebody now, I'm creating a seed for someone else to be inconsiderate in the future. Um, so, because we have disturbing emotions, right, the mental afflictions, the kleshas, right, different words for the same thing, we can uncontrollably create negative karma, which brings about difficult circumstances in the future. So as long as we continue to have disturbing emotions, we create negative karma and we create causes for difficulties in the future. So if we want to have everlasting happiness and no more problems, then we need to work Disturbing emotions are the ultimate enemy, according to Buddhism. The disturbing emotions are the ultimate enemy. The disturbing emotions are all of our pain and our problems. All of our unhappiness comes down to the disturbing emotions. So if we don't
emotions, but when we settle down, we can go back and look and see, okay, well, did that make me happy?
such a non-problem, right? <laughs> like it's such a non-problem, right? And, and then the mind goes back to, oh, but you have to do this and this and this, right? And then, you know, but then, right, just those moments that we can expand our awareness, right, to others, right, go beyond the Continue. 
settling into the negative, right? Not just not giving up. justifying the negativity. Like what who's think into that the anger that can become hatred and rage, right? And that can settle into the mind as our right, we settle into it once and then we'll settle into it again and that can become
don't make effort in keeping it open, then it will close, right? And then it becomes more and more closed. And then, yeah, and then there's just more hopelessness and more despair and more joylessness. They don't, they don't know if joy is possible with a closed heart. When things are going our way and our mind is good, it's, it's kind of easy. It's kind of easy to become complacent and think, oh yeah, I'm doing pretty well. Yeah. But when problems occur, that's really like a, a test to see how good our practice is. Because right? we're not getting what we want. right? And so problems are a good way to test to see how much well we've trained our I was in retreat at the beginning of this year, and I was having a, and I was doing these practices, and I was having more and more pain in my neck and my shoulders and in my arm, and I was getting this numbness, and, and then, you know, and, and I was grumpy, because I was getting more and more grumpy, <laughs> and okay, you know, and when you're in retreat, you really pay attention to what's going on in your mind, right, so, you know, and it was this, it was this great shift for me because I could just see how my grumpiness was making me miserable, right? And that, okay, Emily, you need to change your attitude about this. Yeah. So I worked on it and I never got to the point of being grateful for this, right? <laughs> or happy about it. But I did get to a point where I wasn't so grumpy. <laughs> and you know, it was it was this right, it was this in your face situation where I thought I'm creating my own suffering. I am creating my own suffering and I have a choice. I have a choice either to be unhappy about my body that's falling apart <laughs> or I can you know I can just let it go and, you know just go on in my mirror right I can do you know compassion practices and taking and giving some lens for others you know I could just accept okay this is just 
blame anybody else for my unhappiness, right? And my happiness was up to me. So that was a huge lesson for me because that was one of my weak areas. So, yeah. But like it really convinced me on a deeper level. So the Buddha said, in the Cloud of Jewel Sutra, if we're able to control the mind, then we will gain control over everything. What? what the weather, you know, weather holds. Probably can't do sessions outside in December. Anyway. Okay, maybe we'll do some walking meditation outside if it's Master Shanti Deva, who wrote this, the classic text that I was talking about, the guide to the Bodhisattva's way of life. So I wanted to share some of his verses with you about the importance of training the mind, right? subduing the mind. Um, so yeah, so so the elephant of the mind, right? So the mm -hmm. elephant, right? Like our our. For most of us, right, our mind is like a wild elephant, right? It's not nicely settled when we meditate, right? It's all over the place, right? So the elephant of the mind is, you know, an analogy that's used. Um, so when the elephant in, in the mind is nicely trained through the rope of mindfulness, right? So the rope of mindfulness is the mindfulness is in this context, in the context of Tibetan Buddhism, is, is the mind who's uh, uh, it's, it's a mental factor that remembers, that's able to stay, keep the mind on the object, right, when you're meditating. Yeah. So when the elephant of the mind is, is well trained through developing this rope of and all fears will cease to exist, and all virtues will come into my head. 
It's like if we subdue our mind, if we train our mind, if we develop control over our mind, then we won't be disturbed by external circumstances. So we don't have to control external circumstances if we learn to control our mind. He says, so the perfect speech, the Buddha, the perfect speech itself indicated, thus all fears as well as boundless suffering originate Anyway. 
those who wish to attain happiness and overcome suffering will wander with no aim if they do not comprehend the secret of the mind, the principal Dharma. Even those who wish to attain happiness and overcome suffering will wander with no aim if they do not comprehend the secret of the mind, the principal Dharma. So the secret of the mind is the ultimate nature of reality, understanding that there's no concrete separate self. This being so, I shall hold and guard my mind well, except for the mode of conduct of guarding the mind. What use are other modes of conduct? So here, saying we're guarding our mind well, guarding our mind well, not settling into the disturbing emotions, understanding what are the causes of happiness that I want to cultivate and what I need to abandon, what do I need to reduce and ultimately abandon. And besides, right, if we don't guard the mind, what saying, right? So if we meditate, or if we do certain prayers and practices, right? if we don't guard our mind and we do these other things, so there's, there's no great benefit. Right? There's nothing more important than guarding the mind. Right? We can get into, oh yeah, I meditate right? 20 minutes a day or half an hour a day this and I've got this tantra practice I'm doing right but if we're not guarding our mind we're missing the point yeah, we're missing the juice the really important bit we may get some benefit from these other things but there's no great benefit if we're not guarding our mind just as I would be attentive and conscientious of a wound when amongst an unruly crowd. So I will always guard the wound of my mind when dwelling among negative people. Right? So, so what came to my mind is, you know, like if, if I have a sprained ankle and I'm going into a crowd, right, it's like really careful. Really, really careful so that nobody jostles us. Or, yeah. And so similarly, right, when we're going, entering into a difficult situation, when we're being with a difficult person, right, to be particularly conscientious about guarding our minds, right, that that, that it's a similar kind of situation. And uh, I was reading that the, the Dalai Lama said that, you know, there are these eight verses of thought training, right, where, you know, you're remembering to cherish others and holding them dear and hold oneself as being most important and all of these kind of things, yeah. And Dalai Lama says that before he goes into a difficult situation, before he goes into a difficult meeting, he reads and reflects on those eight verses of thought training. And that, that's what kind of this verse reminded me of. You know, 
remember my mind training, right? Remember not to fall into anger, rage, etc. If I'm conscientious of a wound through fear of the small suffering of a wound, then why do I not guard the wounds of my mind through fear of being crushed by any nonsense of future suffering? Yeah. So through falling into strong negative emotions, we can create a cause for a lot of future suffering. mind is a very curious phenomenon. Sometimes it is rigid and resistant to any change. It can also become very flexible as long as we make constant efforts to transform it and convince ourselves through reflection that this change is not only possible but essential. To do so, wishes or prayers are not enough. We need to use reason based on experience. One should not expect this transformation to happen overnight, as our old habits will resist any rapid solution. Yeah. So, yeah, so our minds can be rigid and resistant to change. And it can become more and more flexible and malleable and transformed, but only through efforts, right? Consistent efforts over time. Yeah. It's, you can't do it through force of will alone or through a great intention, right? We actually have to make the effort. And he's making this, this point that we have to use reason. states of mind ultimately bring about happiness and which ones bring about more pain and suffering. Um, we can't, right? We can't just listen to a teaching and think, oh yeah, that sounds good, and then really be able to change, right? Because then we'll just forget about it, right? Tomorrow, right, it'll be history. <laughs> yeah, it's like on to the next thing, right? Unless we really reflect on it and make it And then it struck me what 
said that we need to convince ourselves through reflection that this change is not only possible, but essential. So there are these two, two parts, right? First of all, we need to convince ourselves that it's possible to change our mind, right? Because that's a big obstacle, isn't it? We think, oh, well, I, that would be nice, but it's too hard, right? I, I can't do it. Right? But it is possible. It is possible. Right? Our fundamental nature of our mind is pure, right? There are many moments when our minds don't disturbing emotions, right? Many moments when we have positive right? compassion and kindness for others, right? We have that, you know, we have many moments of that. And when we see that, then we can see, we see that that is, that is in us. It's not like something new that we have to develop. It is in us, and it's just something that we can gradually grow more. And the negative emotions, they come and they go. Yeah, they're not always there, so they're not intrinsic to the mind. They're just habits. And it's not to break habits. Through effort. <laughs> Continue. <laughs> but it's like constant work. Yeah. And like the moment I think I got it, something happens and it's gone. You know, and it's like, oh, no, 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 I don't have it. Yeah. So it can be really, I don't know if discouraging is the right word, but sometimes it's just like so tiring. Like you, you know, it's hard to notice the difference. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Do, do you notice a difference in your mind? between now and before you came to Buddhism? Yeah, but then I also, like I definitely notice a difference most of the time, but then there's times when it's like, I never, have never fully realized, you know. You know, like the mental afflictions are just so strong. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. And that's normal, too, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. I think we have to, you know, it's really important to take the long term <laughs> view, right? That, yeah. Okay, yeah, and not get discouraged when we fall into that. Because we all fall into those afflictions sometimes, right? Like, oh, yeah, I know better. How long have we been training the mind? 
like I notice that I can notice my mind is having mental affliction or that, you know, I can notice it, but I can't do anything about it. Yeah. All I can do is just be like, yep. <laughs> yeah, that's there it is. That's yeah, why it's an elephant. <laughs> yeah. But I can't do anything about it. Yeah. But that's, that's progress, though, just in yeah. noticing it, right? And sometimes there's just this big energy that has to play itself out, right? But if you don't glom onto it, right, and believe in it, right, and follow it with actions of body and speech, right, then you know, that's progress, right? That's huge. Yeah. Yeah, it's really important not to get discouraged, right? You know, prop ourselves up. <laughs> no, but remember, but I'm doing better than you are. Right? Aren't I?
So you asked the question, is it possible? Uh-huh. And what I translated that to in my own head personally is it probable for me. Because I hear teachers talk about it all the time, so it must be possible or y'all wouldn't be teaching it. Mm-hmm. Right? <laughs> it's probable. And I'm a researcher, so I deal with probabilities all the time, and statistics all the time. And and so for me, it's exactly what you were saying, that probability will increase the more I focus on what I'm doing. So for me, one thing that I found that works, and I have this alarm on my phone, it goes off six times a day. And every time it goes off, I think about the period of time between that moment and the previous time the alarm went off. I think about the interactions that went on, were any of them negative for me, and how could I have done it differently so that I didn't do that, so that I didn't create that suffering for myself and others. Some days I'm better at reflecting on it than others, when I'm playing on the work, whatever. But I found that really helpful. Sometimes irritating, but really helpful most of the time. (laughs) Right, no, that's great. Right, that's great. Because it's so easy to totally forget, right? Maybe we do a little little practice in the morning, and then the whole day goes by. Like maybe it reset, oh yeah, I'm going to cherish others today. I'm not going to get angry. Right? And then you go off to work and totally forget, fall into a rage, and then the next morning, you're like, oh yeah, I'm going to be right. Oh yeah, yesterday, oh yeah, ooh, I really thought, right? So whatever like, we can do to help us be mindful more during the day, right? And the more mindful we are, the less fall into a deep chasm of <laughs> 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 right? We'll catch it sooner, right? We won't mind. It's a trip in a pothole. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And that's, it's so true, like, that's the trick is remembering throughout the day, isn't it? Yeah. So I love that, right? The alarm, whatever. You've been getting love, by the way, on Periscope. Little hearts floated up a little while ago. So. <laughs> <laughs> <Aww>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, uh, my, uh, my coping mechanisms and all those behaviors have gone from, from ossified to petrified over the decades. But uh, even something as simple as uh, this month, uh, I try to set, uh, set an intention every morning uh, if I if I wake if I don't set the snooze, and I wake up in time to meditate, I'll do that, and then I'll set my intention is for this whole month is every day to uh, to try to have a generous heart. Yeah. 
I just put myself, uh, put myself and everybody else. And if I remember to do that, I've been doing it fairly consistently. It makes the day so much easier because all, all these things pop up during the day that that remind me to remind me that I told myself I was going to have to try to have generous heart. Yeah. It really does. Yeah. It really is no, powerful. right? It makes life so much better when yeah. I remember. Yeah, fantastic. Thank you. For I got a little chime too that goes off uh, randomly during the day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a little so bell. A little up, bell, right? right? <laughs> yeah, I think, yeah, I think that's a, a great, helpful method, right? Because, you know, I've tried post it before, right? And then, right, it really works for a Sometimes we'll stumble. And that's part of the path, too. And then our practice is to forgive ourselves and be kind and get back up and dust ourselves off and start again. Encourage ourselves and remember the long-term perspective that because it's going to take time and I'm making progress and doing well. Yeah. Rejoicing thing is, is something that, that over the years I'm finding more and more important. It was something that you know my teacher said we should do. Oh, yeah, okay, right? But, <laughs> right? It's like yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but then, like, noticing right in my own life, how it makes a big.
ever to give up. Of course you're not going to get there, right? So, right, you go a few steps forward and a couple steps back, and maybe one step forward and two steps back, right? But then you just get up. He was a monk for many years, and he spent a year in Thailand meditating. And uh, and he, you know, he had a really difficult childhood. He had a lot of emotional pain and all of that. And, um, and his mind would get all right riled up by all of you know pain and, and all of that. And, and his mind would be all over the place in meditation. And then he'd go talk to his the Thai force monk teacher, you know, pour out his heart and all the, all, you know, how unruly his mind was and all that. And the Thai teacher would just kindly listen and all he would say is, begin again. Yeah, my mind is in hell. Begin again.
suffer, commit evil or ever fall ill. May no one be afraid or belittled with a mind weighed down by depression. May the blind see forms and the deaf hear sounds. May those whose bodies are worn with toil be restored on finding Be afraid and those bound be free. 